This is it. Double digits. We're we're not uh, singles. Two full hands, boys. Ten. Episode number ten. And we have hit our first goal of 100 subscribers on YouTube. We did it. It's awesome. We have our own unique channel now. It's YouTube.com slash C slash GPS to God. So, so what exactly is the C? I think it stands. It's a short for channel. I think, but okay, I, I would not bet money on that. That's my guess. Yeah, because that was a common thing. But uh, we made it. But we're not done. We still want to do bigger and better things. So make sure you rate and you review and you subscribe on all the platforms to help us continue to grow. Speaking of growing, picked up a new country this week: Canada, our neighbors to the north. So we appreciate that. Reach out to us. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, and we'll uh, see what we can do about that. But podcast at parkwaybc.net, podcast at parkwaybc.net. We want to hear from you no matter where you are listening or watching. We want to we want to entertain you. So that's what we're here for, to help and entertain. And Today we're going to do a little bit of all of that with our with our guests <laughs> this yeah. man today what you don't realize is after today you will probably plummet below 100 subscribers oh, it's gonna shoot us up to 200 yeah. this this gentleman was mentioned in the very first episode so it's i was uh, I'm just playing. <laughs> yeah. rico the, he, yes. i think it was referenced something along the lines of the infamous Dr. Rick so. Barkley. Yes. That, that sounds correct. I think yes. y'all might have added the infamous. So, I don't think Rico will. I don't remember. The class I, I think been, I said that. But, the class has been brought up on this episode for sure. He yeah. has, uh, yeah. we, we could not keep him away any longer. We finally uh, finally <laughs> got him on after weeks of going back and forth with his agent. <laughs> and uh, we came to a deal and he is here. It's, it's Bingo. <laughs> <laughs> So we're 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 glad to have Dr. Rick Barkley with us, and uh, he's going to talk several things um, about missions, overseas missions, and work. And he is a, a dentist by trade. And how long how long have you been a dentist? Uh, I have been a dentist forty five years. Forty five wow. years. As of August first last week, I've been a dentist forty five years. Wow. That's awesome. Years. That is amazing. That's all. Awesome. So, is anybody in the room here forty-five years old? How old are you? Um, September, about a uh, little over a month. I'll be the four-five. That, that's it. Yeah, I'm forty. He's. And I'm nowhere close. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's distressing, <laughs> but it is what it years. is. You know, it is what it is. Four, forty-five years. That's so, a lot of teeth. That is a lot of teeth. That's a lot of teeth. <laughs> so I know a lot of people are scared of going to the dentist. Right. What is, what would you say to someone who is scared? Like what is some a piece of advice you would give them or a misconception that you would say that it's really not like that? Yeah, if you're scared of going to the dentist, just have sort of an introductory visit with the dentist, you know, and where you don't have to do you know a whole lot or you can meet your dentist or just go in for an exam and let bring, him look around bring him lunch or bring him a bring snack. him yeah bring him cash yeah you know, <laughs> it's okay, you know. Uh, the gift that keeps yeah, on giving yeah so uh yeah it's just uh it's like treating kids it's best to get the kids there you know just your goal is to get them comfortable and mm-hmm. so uh, that's you just got to get comfortable or go to a dentist you know or you get good recommendations so 
and I lay I put people at ease. I believe that. And but I've this is that. not an advertisement. Right. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I was going to show my business card, yeah. but I decided not. To. Well, no, no free sponsorships here. So right. we we are looking for our first sponsor. If you want to, you know, yeah. break the seal on that, there you go. We'll, we'll give you a, a brother-in-law deal. But uh, let me think on that. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll talk after. I don't show. know if this is safe to be a sponsor. We can, on. We can wrap his face on the side of these water bottles and be like, yeah. "There you go." Yeah. Brought to you by Dr. Rick Bart. So I have a, I have a question. Okay. I've, I've always wondered this. Most dentists are closed on Fridays. Why is that? Well, when I first started practicing, we were open all, all week because this was back in the 70s. We were at, Most dentists took off on Wednesday. And then I worked a little bit on Saturday. But, I mean, just think about this now. This doesn't take a – there's Friday, and then there's Saturday, and then there's Sunday. So if you could have a day off nearer the weekend, you would take a day off nearer the weekend. But there are a few that still work. Uh, Dr. Harding, who I work with, her office is open every other Friday. But it just makes a long weekend. So because I can. That's what I heard. Yeah, that's <laughs> right? exactly because right. Because I can. Yeah. Yeah. But would you do a Friday or would you do a Monday? Well, the Monday after a weekend, you get a lot of calls. Damn. So it's just best. It's good to be there on a Monday. Yeah, the business side of it. Yeah, yeah. most people probably that think you're sense. checked out on Friday anyway. Right, so, but they if they know. need you, they can find you. I mean, right. I've been in on Fridays, I've been in on Saturdays, and I've been in on Sundays. So, so you got to think about it. If if you're going to schedule a dentist appointment, do you want to schedule it on Friday and or Monday? Like I'm going to schedule on Monday, miss that Monday work yeah. for an hour. I, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so. Yeah. And I'm not, I don't work on Mondays anymore, so that sounds good right. to me. Well, after 45 years, you you, 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 can, you pretty much have the right to say yes. what I want to work. Do whatever pick, you pick want and to choose. do. But uh, so we're going to talk about um, Rick and and some of the adventures he's gone on, going overseas and and doing mission work, and uh, let him tell us those stories. Do you know how many countries you've been to? Oh. Uh, it's probably uh, 10 or 12. I, wow. I should have counted before I got here, but uh, I could list them, but it's probably 10 or 12. And what, what's the process for that? Is that through a missions Usually, group, or is it just I, something when you When I do? first started going, I went through the International Mission Board, and so there were teams that would go places, and I would go as the dental part of that team. And then I got to know enough people that – you know, or know enough people around the world or know enough people that were making trips that I could sort of find a trip that I wanted to go on. And then when the Calts were uh, uh, stationed in Benin, well, then uh, Ken Williams started going to Benin, so then I would go with him. So it's usually you go through the International Mission Board, but you can head out on your own. I've been to several countries on my own. So, so when you go on something like that, what what do you see? What Third world country, what we would call third world countries mainly. Yeah. Low income, po- high poverty. Yeah, pretty. Yeah, you You just see extraction. I mean, if you're doing stuff, you just see extractions or sometimes you see uh, uh, growth in their mouth. Probably one of the grossest, not grossest, but I had a guy in the Philippines once. He had a tumor growing out of the roof of his mouth. And it came down, and then it bent where it was between his teeth. So he couldn't chew his teeth together. He wow. just—it was a—it was a big tumor. And uh, I remember that uh, 
we really couldn't do anything to him. We had to send him to a hospital. But uh, wow. So most of the time, you just extract teeth. I have been on trips where you did fillings and stuff like that. But most places you go, uh, you just extract teeth. And like, how, how long would those trips be normally? Well, the early trips, my first trip to uh, Africa or the Philippines were about two weeks. And uh, now they're about a week or 10 days. Or if you're going to Central America, you can do that in a week. So uh, so when did you start doing this? What year? About? The first trip I ever made was in 1983, and I went to a country in West Africa Africa. <laughs> called Burkina Faso and it was so I went to Burkina Faso for two weeks and that was with a southern baptist group and my wife will kill me for doing that but, but right. you can edit it out I, I could please don't I'm not. <laughs> uh, please don't. so I went to Burkina Faso for two weeks and there was a there was a uh, sort of a community project done they were built digging a well they were sending a few medical people and so I hopped on, hopped on it as a dental so in 83, I went to uh, Burkina Faso, and in 84, I went to uh, Dominica, which is an island in the, in the uh, Caribbean. So when you said the trips used to be longer, is that because travel was harder back then, or just travel took longer, or uh, just the nature of the trips? Just, it was the nature of trips to the Philippines. Hmm. So when you go to the Philippines, it just takes it, it takes a, probably a couple of days to get there and get home. So it was... Uh, yeah, they were longer, and uh, you know, now I can go to Africa in maybe 10 days, 12 days, so it's not 14 or 15 days. So it was mainly where you were going. The Philippines was just a long trip. And back then, there were no cell phones, there were no, right, you know, so I'd leave home and I wouldn't communicate with home for two weeks. So, yeah, wow. uh, yeah, that was, uh, but but West Africa is a little further, uh, the Philippines is a little further. So those are about the farthest I've been. So let's bring it back a little to home. Well, free advice here, free free dental care. This okay. is free dental care. What what is the worst thing people can do for their teeth or their oral health that you would say, don't do that? Well, I wouldn't uh, chew ice. Really, no. I wouldn't uh, chew hard candy. Those are two things. Uh, uh, you need to brush them, floss them. Uh, I don't think any of y'all are tobacco chewers, but you don't need to chew tobacco. That's a that's a no no. And uh, of course, smoking is worse for other parts of your body. It makes it hard to clean them, but it's not as damaging to your mouth as it is to your lungs. But chewing tobacco, sweets, those this the stuff that you know hard stuff most of the stuff that you know about so chewing ice what is it does that well, hurt hard. the enamel it, yeah, or it breaks the enamel so if you yeah it can just damage the enamel if you have a mm. pretty good size filling in it chew ice the dentist would go cha-ching 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 <laughs> because mm. you're going to break the tooth and you're going to need a crown or something more expensive Interesting. So, so eating sugars obviously is a bad thing but but ice is a bad thing and uh, but I had a guy once, and he would uh, uh, he would throw a mint. He had a mint, uh, a box of uh, peppermints at his desk. And when he walked by his secretary, he'd grab a mint. He kept a mint in his mouth all day long. 
kept a mint in his mouth all day long. I can't mention his name because, but uh, you know, and and he has lost. He's still living and still my patient, but he's lost a bunch of teeth and had to spend a lot of money in his mouth because he just kept steady sweets going into his mouth. So one of the things, like you were talking about, that guy that has like a he had a tumor coming out of his mouth. Is that would that be your craziest thing you've seen or like as far as a story that you've had to do work on what would be like one of the weirdest craziest whatever well that's pretty crazy yeah i didn't work on him okay most of it for me has just become pretty typical extractions it's not it's not uh i mean for y'all it would be a big deal like i did a clinic here in nashville last week and i pulled every other tooth every tooth in this guy's upper jaw 14 yeah. teeth so that's pretty wow. Ooh, my dramatic but wow. uh, yeah that is but uh most of it's pretty uh typical you know you just extract teeth and around the world there's just not dental care like we have here mm-hmm. so yeah um you know you just you just extract teeth what would you say is there a advantage for like manual toothbrushes or electric toothbrushes in your opinion you didn't know you were going to get all these hard hitting questions today i can talk more about missions than i can about (laughs) dental toothbrushes well probably the studies would show that the uh the uh if you use the uh oral b mechanical Mm -hmm. not movement sonic brushes Mm -hmm. now there may be somebody from the american dental association call me and say that was the wrong answer red barkley but well what did he say seven out of ten dentists or eight out of ten dentists Uh, he he said two or three there you go that's fine you're protected you're protected here so yeah the unorthodox but now i use a manual brush you know i just like using a manual brush so it it's usually the answer is which one you use the most and the best so Okay. You can use a sonic brush or a Oral B brush more or better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they okay. probably would clean better. Gotcha. So. Just curious. Sorry, but Back you to always need to uh, <laughs> back to missions. And I could have brought some floss, and I could have showed y'all how to use floss, but mm-hmm. I didn't. But flossing is one of the best things. You can I can't do. use floss the same way y'all use floss. I floss every every day. Yeah. Nice. I have to. No, I have a I have a bridge in the front of my mouth, all front of my teeth, all the whole front end. So now everyone's going to be looking. Yeah. All three of these are fake right here. Huh. How, how did you lose those? Oh, you want to hear this? This would be a fun story. I, I'll tell you a story. I'll match your story with another story. All right. So I'm a freshman in high school, and our high school is in one area, and our football field was in between the middle school and the high school. So and instead of being lazy, or I was being lazy, and I wouldn't go back to the high school to catch the bus. So I would always go to the middle school, catch the school bus there. Well, Y'all know how tall I am. I'm only 5'6", so I'm only like 5' foot even at f- a freshman. And this kid at the middle school, now picking on me, he's younger than me, throws <laughs> my backpack up onto an awning. So I go to jump up there to grab it. I can't reach it, of course. So this other kid that I know jumps up there and grabs it. When he comes down with the bag, mm. I'm going up. <clears throat> and the little tiny hole on the zipper catches my bracket on my braces of my front tooth and rips my tooth out of my mouth. So we put in milk, which I don't even know if that's even that's calcium. That's suggest you. Okay. So that's what we did. We go to my doctor, or my dentist, I meant, and uh, he puts it right back up in there because the braces actually held it in place. 
So the, wow. he just had to slide it back up, the root and everything back up in there. But then it died 10 years later and yeah. had a root canal and all that kind of good stuff. So now I got a bridge. Hmm. Yeah. So my story also involves a tooth being knocked out. Okay. I was playing ice hockey. I was like 20, 21, 22, somewhere in there. I was playing ice hockey. I didn't have a cage or face shield on. And I don't know if I if I fell or I got knocked down or, or whatever, but I ended up, I was sitting down on the ice. The puck was near me. There was a, a couple players around me. We were all kind of fighting for the puck. This guy came and just took a wild swing with his stick. Mm. Missed everything. Missed everyone. Hit me square in the mouth. Knocked my front tooth out. One of my front teeth. So I got it. Finished the game. Went. This, this was a, that's a smart kid right there. It, it was the <laughs> what's end, more important. Stud. It was the end of the stud. game. Don't get me wrong. Like there was three minutes left or something. But uh, uh, this was late. This game started at like eleven o'clock at night. So it was after midnight when it ended. And I went to the hospital to the emergency room, and they're like, "Well, we'll let you. We'll evaluate you for a concussion, but we don't have any dentist or anything on call at this time." And I was like, "Well, I'm good, other than." my tooth like if you can't do anything for my tooth i'm out so they made me sign a paper that i was leaving against medical advice yeah. mm. but anyway that's not part of the story uh so i <laughs> leave i put the tooth in milk yeah this was a thursday night so friday morning i get up and i'm calling and that's where i find out <laughs> all the dentists are closed on friday on friday <laughs> so, how convenient yeah no, I'm just kidding. so actually ken williams was working on that friday and yeah, I, he's I, a workaholic i i went in and this was a long time ago went in you know and i'm kind of at their mercy as just a walk-in like hey i got my tooth knocked out can you help and um he he did he put it back in and he asked me what happened and I said, well, I put it in milk, got it knocked out, put it in milk. And he said, how'd you know to do that? And I said, I thought that was common sense. He's like, no, a lot of people don't know that. So public service announcement, if you happen to lose a tooth that you want to keep, put it in milk until you get back to the dentist. Huh. But that's a short-term fix. Do you still have the tooth in your mouth? I do not. So it. he told me at that time, and, and for those of you that don't know um, Dr. Ken Williams, he is a large man and uh was larger then than he is now just for uh you know he was a younger chap but uh uh he kind of leaned me back and man he was jamming that tooth in there i had tears coming out that hurt but he told me then he's like this is a short-term fix this tooth will eventually die and but uh i think i kept it it, it lived for four or five years mm-hmm. And, which was longer. He said you might get a year out of it, so it, it made it longer than yeah. predicted. I got one I put in. He knocked it out at, at Moss Wright Park playing ball, and I put it in, and it's been in about 25 or th- 25 years probably. Wow. So that's a real blessing. Yeah, so yeah, my, right. mine I was actually um, having my teeth cleaned, and the the hygienist cleaned everything. The, the doctor came in to look, and he he noticed a um, blister. Uh, yeah, something on the back. He's like, that doesn't look right. And he poked it, and some pus and whatever yeah. came out. And he's like, yeah, you need to. We need yeah. to do something with this. That's but, what makes the world go round. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, got a got. Uh, I'm part Terminator. Got a nice dental <laughs> implant, and you know, it's good stuff. Yeah. But so, how has the dental industry changed since you started until now? Like something that would. 
Yeah, when I started, there weren't lights, curing lights that would you can shine on the material and make it. I mean, if you were to say, of course, implants is big. I mean, you do more of those than ever before. Uh, but really, if I, for me, those those uh, curing lights, we call them, that cure it and make it get hard, those are one of the handiest things that's happened. Of course, we used to not wear gloves. Now we wear gloves. There's, there's a lot of changes. Uh, you know, you have hand pieces with lights on them. You had just a lot of stuff. But uh, I, I would always say, well, man, that light sure does a great job. Because it takes away the time frame. So if you used to mix stuff, you had to get it in the mouth quick. Now you right. can put it in, shape it, mold it, get it the right color, and, and cure it. So, right. so I had a, that's really exciting. I know. I, I mean, I, I'm not. I'm always. I'm you messing. had me drooling over here. I was yeah. like, what? <laughs> I'm amazed at how things work. Like I want to know how things yeah. work and the behind the scenes stories and all that. So all that, about everything. So that that amazes me. One thing. So I have a crown, and. When I had it put on, you know, you put they they put the, I don't know what it's called, but like the Play-Doh kind of stuff in your mouth, mm-hmm. and you got to sit there and let it harden. Mm-hmm. And then they, they would send that out and have the crown made, so you got different appointments. And that crown came off or broke or something, so I went to get it replaced. And they made it in the office. They there. made it in the office in like 10 minutes. Yeah. And he had this <laughs> little little tool, like a camera or something, he just put on it and like well, ma- it took maps longer the than 10 minutes. But, well, what, yeah, but it's, it's a single visit. It was I know a single right. visit. Single yeah. visit. Right. But, and I, and so I asked him. I said, "When are we going to do the mold stuff?" He's like, "Oh no, no." Yeah, you don't he's, need that. Anymore. He's like that little thing. I, I that's like a camera it mapped out your tooth, or and we're we're printing that up now. So. Yeah, that's but, amazing. Yeah, that was that I, I was astonished. I thought I knew something when I was like, "Come on, let's get this uh, get this uh, mold made." I know made. what you're going to do today. Yeah. Come on, I'm ready. <laughs> nope. I'm prepared. <laughs> What about legal ramifications? So here, here's where I'm going with this. In the Army, uh, we had a guy who got sent to the dentist. We, we were about to go overseas, and they were doing medical checkups, dental mm-hmm. checkups on everybody. And at that point, if you had something wrong, they just pulled the tooth. So they didn't have to worry about follow-up care or any, anything going wrong. So he goes to the dentist. They pull the wrong tooth. So he comes back, and the the first dentist is looking, and they're like, oh, well. That stinks. Yeah, stinks for you. Now go back and get the right tooth mm-hmm. pulled. There's nothing he can do. Like, that's tough luck for yeah. him. In the the regular world, what kind of legal ramifications could come if you did something like that? Or or do you is that liability something you have to worry about? Well, it's something you have to carry insurance for. And uh, my take always has been that if you build good relationships with patients usually they're not going to sue you and so Hmm. uh, something might happen uh, that could uh, cause somebody to take legal action I mean that's a that's something that if you wanted to go after your dentist for that's why he carries malpractice insurance you could go after him for it I guess Uh, I'm real fortunate I've been in doing it 45 years and i've only had one i settled one complaint that about with lawyers so to me the guy told me when it settled he said if this is the only problem you ever have count yourself fortunate but uh uh yeah i've never had it's for me the deal is i build good relationships with my patients and then we work things out you know if if something i mean 
in dentistry, the nature of dentistry is it will not always work. And so now what he did, you know, then what the trouble is he should have probably maybe paid for an implant, you know, just said, okay, I'll get this taken care of and I'll pay for your implant if that happened. So. Well, this was a military doctor, and they didn't they didn't have to worry about that. Yeah, he was covered, wasn't he? Yeah, he was covered, wasn't he? <laughs> Moving on to a different we're gonna, uh, we like to do abrupt su- subject changes here sometimes. Okay. So <laughs> that's how, that's how we roll. About Sue and dentist, I'm ready for an abrupt <laughs> subject change. I, this may or may not be better. I want to. Have you been to jail this week? No, I hadn't been this week. Yeah, so I haven't been to this. I, week. I don't know if Ryan knows this or not, but. He used I to don't. go to jail every week. And I took a member of my church with me. Okay. Rick used to do a prison ministry and would go, was it on Wednesdays? Wednesday nights. Wednesday yeah. nights would go to, yeah. the, to the prison. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, we, uh, you know, we would go to the, uh, I had prison fellowship. I had done some work with prison fellowship before. Uh, Ann and I and David Allen and Pat Allen used to go to the old state penitentiary and do a Bible study on Wednesday nights. And those were hardened. Those were guys that had been gotten off death row. I mean, they were had behaved and had, had been given some uh, freedom. Uh, but I was always interested in prison stuff because I liked Chuck Colson and I'd read his books. And so I, I just had the opportunity to go to uh, CCA. Uh, there, it, I don't guess it's CCA anymore, but it's out off of uh, Harding Place in mm-hmm. Antioch. And we'd go every Wednesday night and uh, do a Bible study in the chapel. And we would have about, uh, you know, we'd run from 15 to 25 people, something like that. Some some weeks is less, some weeks is more. Uh, these were low, uh, these were not uh, major kind of offenses. You know, you might be in there years, but they weren't major kind of offenses. And we just did a Bible study and built relationships with them and, and uh, it, it was good times. Jim and I enjoyed it. We just hit a time where it was time to end it because it was about 20 years that we went out there. Wow. That's so, awesome. And we still have friends. I had a guy call me this week. Uh, I don't have many, but I've got three or four guys that I still stay in touch with after all those years. So they would come and go, and uh, it's uh, – I know you, there was life change, but you didn't see a whole lot of life change. You just kept going, trusting God that he would produce life change if you just shared the word. So, uh, yeah, it was a uh, – I mean, we really enjoyed going. I enjoyed going with Jim. That was that was good. So, uh, but we just hit a point where we gave it up. Uh, my first experience in the jail, I used to be the dentist in the jail. And so down at the old workhouse, which is gone now, there was a dental clinic. And so uh, one morning a week, I'd go down there and work on teeth. <laughs> and uh, the only exciting thing that happened there was uh, when Fate Thomas was uh, sheriff, one day somebody had some kind of heart incident in one of the units, and they brought him and dropped him off at the at the dental office because there was no medical doctor there. And so me and the nurse in the dental office started doing CPR on him, picked him up, carried him out to the street, and uh, and he survived. I have, Somewhere I have a letter from Fate Thomas thanking me for for that. But that was, <laughs> that was uh, I think, life changed Bible study is better than CPR in the, in the old workout. <laughs> <laughs> 
but we did that and we enjoyed it thoroughly. And and uh, like I said, there's a guy that was in my office this week uh, that I guess I can't won't say his name, but you know we met him there. So wow, that's awesome. Those were good. Those were good years. Yeah. Going back to the missions trip, what would be I, I kind of going back to what Ryan was saying horror stories or 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 what i mean entertainment stories for us as far as you know we know you're doing extractions on teeth and that kind of stuff but your environment and your surrounding any anything that any trouble that followed you or that you had to get out of or anything no i i can't ever remember trouble usually the missionaries would tell us that there was a potential for trouble after we left so mm-hmm. one year we were in Mali, and, and, and she told me, she said, do not want, you know, because if you're on a mission trip and you're comfortable, you sort of wander around. And she told me, don't wander off. You need to stay close to here. Uh, a guy was kidnapped from here. So any, when they tell you that, you sort of stay close. You don't roam around. If they <laughs> yeah. tell you, that, you listen uh, and obey. So I was never, there was never a time that I uh, feared for my safety or anything like that, you know. It was, uh, uh, that was one time. One time I was called before the Army in Venezuela, and I was told the day before the Army wanted to see me. And mm. so. That, uh, that's never a good phrase. No, uh, no, well, so especially went, there. So I went to uh, our, our leader, and I said, so the Army has asked to see me. Do you have any suggestions? He said, well, let's, let's pack a box of, of uh, medicines. And we'll deliver them a box of medicines. And so here I was in my little scrubs, and I went in, and the room was full. I mean, there must have been 12 guys in uniforms there. What are you doing here? Why are you doing this? What is, you know? And so I just said, I come bearing gifts. <laughs> and and it was no big deal. But at the time when I was going, it was a big deal. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Probably more of my crazy. stories that get off track are are more uh stupid funny kind of story oh that's what we like that's here what yeah we i know but we gotta get to ser- and kill me if i come home and i don't get to the serious stuff oh. well, well, let, let, let's do uh one stupid funny and then we'll do a, a follow-up with the serious so so dealer's choice on this one okay uh well, the one that caught me the worst, and I guess you could edit this out if you need to, is one year we were in a, a children's home in Venezuela, and I was not, uh, if any of our uh, Spanish-speaking friends are watching us, I was not proficient in Spanish. And so the little kids from the orphanage like, would sit down, and we were just checking their teeth. And so, uh, and so since I was not proficient, I was trying to ask him how old he was, and I said, ¿Cuántos años? And his eyes got real big. And the missionary with me started laughing. And I didn't know what was going on, but, I mean, his guys got big. And uh, so the missionary said, you just ask him how many buttholes he has. (laughs) And I figured that was a great story for y'all. I know the audience out there didn't think that was very cute, but I figured that was a great story for y'all. That's perfect. That's perfect. He's settled down, and, uh, and, you know, he he regained his composure, and and that all, you know, that worked out fine. That worked out fine, but it was a little bit, it was a little bit touch-and-go there for a few minutes. Thought I was at the dentist. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I understood after it all happened why he was a little bit worried. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that was one of the funnier stories I have. If you wanted another one, uh, one year we were in Mali, and I think uh, Ken Williams wasn't on this trip. And so uh, we were had done a day of extractions. There was two medical doctors and myself, and they'd done their stuff. And so uh, the chief of the village invited us over. And he had a, a delicacy to feed us. And so uh, so he sat down, and uh, Randy Oliver leaned over to me and said, those are cow brains. And so, uh, so in, the, in, the, in wow. the big uh, metal bowl, there was the skull of a cow. And uh, they gave you crackers, oh, and you wow, went in wow. and scooped out the brains. Uh, and so... Uh, <laughs> So I ate them, and it was, you know, I didn't, oh, I didn't notice anything about it. Fano might have touched that. Fano is drooling over there going, man, been, uh, why wasn't that right been, here in front of me? shunned and kicked out. So he, would have, he would have had a meal of crackers <laughs> at that, yeah. whatever. Well, uh, it, it worked out okay because when we left, the peop, the guys that I was with, the medical doctor said, did you eat that? I said, well, didn't you eat it? And he, they said, Heavens no, we weren't going to eat that stuff. We just <laughs> pretended we were eating it. And I went, well, I wish you'd have told me. <laughs> so the whole rest of that trip, I kept, how do I feel? <laughs> you know, how do I feel? So, uh, you know, that was. That I, takes but, the I, but I ate it, you know, it was, and it, I didn't think it was bad. And, and it seemed like it had been cooked thoroughly. <laughs> right. I'm sure it tasted just like kangaroo. <laughs> or ostrich. Yeah, that, y'all had better stuff than that. I've eaten a few strange things that, on mission trips. Uh, that takes me straight to Indiana Jones, the mo- one of the oh, Indiana yeah. Jones movies yes. where they have the little monkey. The monkey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Monkey yeah. Yes. yes. But, wow. Yeah, Fano, that would have been a feast of crackers for him. It would have been. I would have been full on crackers. For the other medical doctors, it was a feast of crackers. Sure. They tricked me. They sort of. Yes. So. Uh, <laughs> when you go on these trips, you're taking everything? I take like, everything that I'd need for an extraction. So I take all my instruments, take all the anesthetic. I take topical anesthetic, you know, to even though you really probably don't need it in those situations. I just take everything I might need, all the gauze, all the extraction instruments, all the needles, all the, you know, everything that I would need, uh, I take. And as far as, you know, here, you're swapping out tools and they're being sterilized every day or whatever the case is. What about there? How, how do you go about? We take the strongest uh, liquid uh, sterilizing agent we can. And it's not as good as putting them in a unit or anything, but, and we leave them in there for 10 minutes. So uh, somebody sort of has to be watching that, and, and, and it's called cold sterilizer. So that's what you take for that. I have seen guys, Ken, and I, Ken Williams and I saw a guy that he actually started a fire, put a pot on top of it, boiled the water, dropped his instruments in there, but that takes too long. That's too much trouble. So, How many people on average would you see on, on one of these trips? One more than Ken Williams. <laughs> That's a great answer. <laughs> so, That's a great answer. Yeah. We, it's a man after my own heart right probably, there. Probably That's the awesome. most I ever saw was in the Philippines one day. One one year, I saw 100 patients in a day. Wow. But, but that's Ooh. a lot. So Good nowadays, at almost 70 years old, if I see 40, you know, that's 
40 dental patients in one day is is pretty good clip. But I have seen, you know, Ken and I in Africa, we've seen 70 a day. Well, he would see 70 and I'd see 71. Right, so, right. So the trick there is never to give up your number first. <laughs> <laughs> so even these days, do they have anything as far as, like, instruments go? Like, I know back in the day they probably didn't, but do they have, like, anything or is it still pretty – just whatever you bring. Yeah, it's what, what I bring. I bring is it what is, is what is, I bring. Okay. Now, there are some dentists even in uh, the Madison area that uh, have clinics, or the Gillisville area, have clinics in some countries. Okay. And there is a country, I went to Uganda two years ago, and there's a, a guy went over there from the States and started a dental clinic. Okay. And so they carried out on their clinics everything you needed. And gotcha. they would even take a generator so you oh, could wow. have sort of a do fillings like that and stuff. Huh. So... Uh, but but most of the time on my early trips for sure mm-hmm. you just you took all you, you took the instruments you needed and the anesthetic you needed and you just gotcha. worked with what you had. So so when you're when you're doing these or whatever and you're like you have a patient in front of you and everything, I mean, are you getting to have not a relationship with them? Like you're not getting to like talk to them and understand everything, but. Do you have time to talk to them, or is it just like a, all right, sit down, if be quiet, open if, your mouth? Yeah, it's not quite that harsh, Ryan. Okay. <laughs> it's not quite that harsh, Ryan, but you do have to keep moving. You know? Yeah. And so usually in those instances, you trust there's a system where there is somebody along the way at some station that's going to share the gospel with them or tell them okay. about God. Yeah. And so uh, and that, that is not necessarily the dentist's job. Now, I have a method I use, or I have a little saying I use with patients, but, you know, you you have to keep moving. You can't. Yeah. But there's, like the other, last week I was working in Madison at a, with Brentwood Baptist Church Mobile Dental Clinic, and and so I'm working, there's another dentist working, and we're loving on people, and we might be praying with them, but there's somebody indoors that's sharing the gospel with them. Okay. Awesome. That's that's the way that goes. So uh, when I am in a uh, clinic overseas and I have a translator, which usually I do, I try to always end this way. I say, uh, in a few days, your pain will go away. But I want you to remember when that pain goes away that on this day, friends of Jesus came and helped you get past that pain. And you, there is a way to follow Jesus. Amen. And I just, mm-hmm. and then I just, that's all I say. You, that's you, all. You, you can't. It's uh, it's hard to, tr- obviously, it's hard to share the gospel in a different language. Mm-hmm. You know, their heart language. That was going to be my question. What kind of language barriers? Yeah. Do you face? Well, you've already heard the one Anyos and Anos. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but you learn, uh, you learn in the Philippines. I would say ganga, ganga, and that meant open. Or I hope mm. no Philippine listener <laughs> says that's not what it means. And you just learn abre la boca, Sierra la boca, close your mouth, abre la boca, open. Donde le duele? Where's the pain? Mm. And uh, it was always trouble when. Uh, they, the mother, you'd see a kid and you'd ask these questions, and then the mother thought you knew Spanish. And so she came over and started asking you every orthodontic dental question, and you went, No, 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 no. So you just learn enough to get you by, right? Usually, but Africa, it's much harder to communicate 
than like Central America or so. So uh, for lack of translators or uh, well, I couldn't learn how to speak in Africa. That's just now in Mali and Benin, it was a little French would get you by, but uh, hmm. it's just it's easier to speak Spanish than right. it is those other languages. So yeah, that's uh, yeah, it's uh, it is one of the great great joys of my life. I've just uh, uh, you know I've. Uh, it's been a great thrill to do all that. So, O D O T I, O D O T I. That means hello. How are you in uh, Ugandan? Since he mentioned Uganda, nice. that's all I got. Somebody, See, ver- somebody verify speak, that. And you can also speak a little English in Uganda. Yes, too. yes. Yeah. They were so. British territory. Street signs in English, and they drive on the opposite side of the road from us. But they they do fun. speak a lot of English there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I worked with some Ugandan dentists, and they were really top of the line guys. So one of the one of the things you were saying was um, you've been with organizations and you're like and you've also been with just by yourself just going. Which ones do you prefer? Which ones do you feel are more efficient? Or well, if you're going by yourself and you connect with a good, the whole key is connecting with somebody over there that knows what they're doing. Okay. And mm-hmm. so I can go by myself, but connect up with a good group over there. Gotcha. And so. Uh, or you can go with your group here, and, and your group connects up with people over there, too. But, uh, you know, it just mainly depends on connecting up with a good group down there. I know when our teams have gone to Peru, there have been occasions where the, there wasn't as much support in Peru as they would have liked. And so you're most effective if you've got good ground people on the other side of the one of the neat things that happened one year, and I can't remember, I think Ken was with us on this trip, is there was a mountain village in Mali that was uh, sort of rem- very remote, very remote. And there was one one Christian in that village. Wow. And he died. The, the, act- the missionary said this was providential, but he died the day before our team arrived. So hmm. we were invited to his funeral. So, actually, they didn't have caskets. They just sort of had him on a little straw mat and uh, had him covered with just a a sheet, a colored sheet. And so we were had the privilege of his name was Samuel. And so Ken and I and the ladies, I think my sister, Becky Couch, there were probably others that were there that I can't remember. And that was a really uh, (laughs) special thing. Mm -hmm. And so... During the service, uh, one of the past a pastor stood up to talk, uh, just as a part of the service. It really wasn't a service; it was a community get together, so anybody could speak. And so, one of the men in the village stood up and said, "I couldn't understand it, but I was told later, what are we doing letting these Christians talk at his funeral? They're not even part of our group. Why should we even let them be here?" Huh. And so it was. It was a little friction that, that there was no. Yeah. Uh, danger or worries it mm-hmm. was just like why are these christians because samuel was the only christian wow. in the village and the pastor had come up from the village in the valley to do part of the funeral and so but ken and i uh carried his uh helped carry his uh little wasn't a casket a little mat and laid him down in that uh wow. tomb that was a that was a uh, a memorable event and the and the the missionary said she told me, she said, those people in that village will never forget. They don't view it as coincidence 
that Christian people were here to bury <laughs> Samuel. And uh, she said, you never know. I don't, like, I don't know if there's any Christians in that village. But uh, the, the, the way missionaries talk about it is in a village you go from zero to one and then from one to a church. And so, uh, but he, after he died, I don't know what happened to that village. We just called it the mountain village. But uh, that was, a, that was as I was thinking about this, that was one of those great stories I remember. Uh, a very memorable night was we'd been, I'd been working, they'd been working in the fields and stuff. And so there was a missionary there, a veterinarian, who was going to go out and speak at, to a group of people in a village. And in Africa, if you're traveling at night, it is just dark. Mm. And I will never forget this night. It's, it, this goes back to 83. Uh, we got to this place, and this uh, veterinarian was preaching the gospel and, uh, in, and being translated, and he knew a little bit of, of their language. And it was dark, and there were about... 50 people there, and he was preaching, and I was sort of in the back, and there was a, all, the only light was a lantern hanging on the fence. And I just, I just, uh, that night, the greatness of God grabbed me. I mean, more so than almost any night of my life. It was just, here I was on the backside of nowhere, and, uh, and God was there, and his work was going on. That was a, that was a really, that was a memorable story. That was a memorable story. So, so while you're you're gonna check your notes there for for one more story, <laughs> I've, I've, pulling teeth. Yeah. Is it is it just pliers basically? It, when you go to pull someone's tooth, is it just medical pliers? Is that, no, is that no, really no, what it is? No, no, no. Uh, what you do when you go to pull a tooth is there's these instruments that some dentists use and some don't, but they're called luxators. And it's real sharp at the end, and you can get it in between the tooth and the bone. So you push it in between to get to get to the ligament between the tooth and the bone. And you just loosen the tooth up that way. And so you go around the tooth to loosen it up. And really, you'd rather grab, you'd rather, uh, uh, Take hold. I'm not going to use the word grab. Uh, you'd rather take hold of the tooth after it's been loosened a little bit, and uh, and it is true in uh, in Benin where Bob and Becky Kaus lived. Those those folks had hard, hard, hard bone, and and you 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 couldn't get out every tooth you took out over there. But here you'd use the luxator. You'd get in between, go down the ligament between the bone and the tooth, and and very gently. Ease it up, and uh, and hmm. I, 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 truth is, I'm pretty. I'm not an oral surgeon, but I'm pretty good at taking out teeth, and so. But most of that I learned on the mission field. So, so in Benin, hmm. do you think that's just from their diet, or or uh, it's, things it's they chew, chew on? It's or? just yeah. Theirs is just uh, their bone structure. They're they're just, uh, and I'm sure it might be that way in other parts of West Africa, but. Uh, their their bone was just really hard. It was genetics. Okay. They just had hard, big bone. Wow! It wasn't their roots as much as their bone. And and bone is uh, it's too much dental, but bone is kind of spongy. So if your bone's real hard, 
you just can't get that movement. But in the other way I was talking about, in the states, bone can be pushed back. Bone can be, a tooth can't be, change its shape. But I can change the shape of bone wow. with those hmm. instruments. So, But since bone is spongy, that's what you do. You loosen it up and get it out. Interesting. Never knew that. Yeah. Nope. I did not. Are you scared of the Good dentist? Stuff. That's a yes. I mean, as I got older, I'm not. But I mean, what kid? All, all kids are scared of the dentist when they they're thinking every every time. I you're beg going to with, differ. I, I never. Not was. all kids are scared of the. I dentist. never was. I wasn't. My child scared to death. I remember I was maybe ten years old, sitting in the dentist chair, and I fell asleep. Just, I mean, I was always comfortable and fell asleep, and that was Ken Williams. No, this was. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know who this was, but. Uh, I mean, I, I fell asleep just because I was like, yeah, what, you know, lay me back, is, I'm out. Yeah, Mine's the anticipation of getting nicked. That just gets oh, yeah. me. I, always told I mean, I don't, I don't like going. I mean, I'll go, but I don't think I was ever scared. See, I this just, is why dentists have the highest suicide rate among a lot of professions. It's they. You people just don't like us. <laughs> which is, well, which is, it's a lot of pressure. I mean, I, I sit there and I think, I was like, man. They're doing good. They haven't even nicked me or whatever. And you go through the whole thing. It's a lot of a lot of pressure. Was, it's an art. It's an art. It is. I mean, it's I mean, like I, anything. I don't see else. how it's done. I mean, it's I, like I, nurses, you know, that draw blood. Some do it better than others. Right. But yeah. But I always told my kids, uh, you know, if they had to have some kind of work done or something, the first shots, the work, like when they first go to numb, that's going to be the worst part, and then it's no, like you won't feel anything. You'll be all right. So, and they, you know, when they were real little. Oh, you know, nervous, and I'd pinch them. I was like, "It's it's gonna be easier than that." And then they yeah. were mad because I pinched them. But yeah, you know, it was fun for me. <laughs> but I never liked to go in because you know when I would get, I'd get the first shot, and you're like, "All right, you won't feel anything," and then I'd still feel like my nerves, I guess, in my mouth doesn't react to the the shots or whatever. So I always had to get double or triple. I always get like three, four shots every time, and I would still somewhat feel it. So that was always my my thing was like I'm still gonna feel it. So do those tattoos? Did they hurt when you got them? Ironically, <laughs> they, they well, hurt a lot. it's kind of funny you say that because <laughs> he's got he, another he, one coming. Now. He hurt my nerves when we played softball together too. So I, it yeah, must just be him. It happens. It happens. I'm sorry. Yeah, tyrant. <laughs> exactly. Well, we're going to uh, wrap this up shortly, but I think we need to hear at least one more. One more good story. One more good story. One more good story. Like what kind of good story? Uh, we're we're going to put you to the test okay. here. Before I tell my last story, it uh, going on mission trips has been the one of the great joys of my life. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm thankful that I have a wife that would let me leave for two weeks. <laughs> and uh, and we've always tried to support each other in our ministry. So I support her in her ministry and uh you know and she supports mine me and my ministries but it has been the joy of my life to do this one of the joys of my life and uh so while i was doing one of the joys of my life once in the philippines uh it was our last day well this was the same day so the we arrived at the clinic and there were four guys there in filipino they weren't in army uniforms. They were just in T-shirts and jeans, and they all had automatic weapons. Looked like machine guns, but I don't know what automatic <laughs> weapons are. And I said, who are these people? And they said, they are the mayor's bodyguards. 
And I said, well, that's okay unless you change mayors every week or two. And then that's not good. So then me and my friend I was with went over and had our pictures made with the guys. I still have that picture in my office of nice. me having my pictures with the bodyguard. But later that day, uh, we ran out of topical anesthetic. And so this patient came up, and he said, uh, he said uh, I was getting ready to numb it and give him a shot. And he looked at me and said, and I went, what? And he went, he wanted the topical anesthetic. He'd seen me using it. Mm. So I called the pharmacy and I said, uh, David, do you have anything? You know, so I went to the pharmacy. And so he sent me back uh, with some stuff that would work. And uh, after, and I numbed the guy up with the, on the stick. He didn't know it was hemorrhoid ointment. But <laughs> I was waiting for it. I was like, what is it? What is it going to be? But he didn't feel a thing. You know, it really worked like a that's charm. All, that's all that matters. Yeah. That's all that matters. So he didn't know. He, he did sort of act like maybe it didn't taste quite as good as that other stuff. But, uh, but any, that was, you know, that was... That was a humorous day that day. So his lips didn't sort of pucker up, up or anything. Now, can you cut that out? So anyway, nope. Yeah. nope. We're not so, cutting out anything. Uh, but I did want to make sure that you know that uh, it has been the one of the. And I still do uh, local mission trips here in town. Brentwood Baptist Church has a has a mobile dental clinic and. Uh, so anyway, it's uh, it has been the great joy of my life. So. <laughs> well, one thing I take away from this is share Jesus wherever you are. You may not leave the country. You may not, uh, you know, go on, on mission trips on the other side of the world. But share Jesus wherever you are, just like you talked about even here doing, um, you know, mobile dental work and, and community things here and even in your office. Sharing Jesus, having those relationships because – Having a relationship with the dentist is going to make you feel better and all that kind of stuff. But that also opens that avenue to share Jesus. And, uh, you know, in the jail, I, I don't think many of us can imagine, you know, a worse place to be really than in jail. Take your freedom taken away and everything taken away. But you still have seen lives change because of that, because Amen. you were not afraid to share. Amen. And, and yeah. it, it doesn't even have to be anything that grand, you know, grand it can be your neighbor at the grocery store, the gas station, wherever you happen to be, share Jesus. And kind of like what you said, it doesn't have to be a full hour-long gospel presentation. It can just be one little short sentence or two sentences that just plant that seed and get people thinking. Mm -hmm. right. And uh, we appreciate you coming on and telling stories and, and sharing that and also educating us about the dentist no need to be afraid of the dentist go people nope that's right every six every six months get that's your teeth right. don't go on fridays take care don't of those fridays keep fridays <laughs> no yeah and uh if you happen to play hockey uh wear a face mask yeah or wear a mouth guard yeah or that's wear, better than a mouth uh, wear the face mask and the mouth guard so unfortunately i'll, I'll tell a uh uh i'll have a confession that's that's what the girls kept saying i'll confess to this i'll have a confession so had my tooth knocked out, told that story. Well, about, I don't know, four months before that happened, I was playing in a tournament, a hockey tournament, and another guy, I was, me and another guy were kind of both going for the puck. The puck was out there in the middle. We were both charging for it. And he, I don't know what it was in that time frame, but a lot of guys just swinging 
hockey sticks wildly. He swung, missed, and hit me in the lip and busted my lip, like cut my lip open. I had to go get stitches. And Christy was like, yeah, you know, you need to wear a face mask. My wife, Christy, wear a face mask and all this. And I was like, nah, I'm good. Like, it's never happened before. And then four months later, I got my tooth. The stitches weren't that expensive. I mean, really. The tooth, the dental work, that was a little more pricey. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then I bought a $20 face mask and never had that issue again. At least you were prepared, though. Another public service announcement. Wear a face mask. Be smart. Yeah, be smart. (laughs) Ryan, take us away. Yeah, so uh, today's um, Bible verse is going to be from Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter 28, 19, and 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So just like Rick shared and um, gave examples of, take the word of Jesus wherever you go. Go and make those disciples, and um, he's going to bless you through that, whether you think so or not. It's going to happen. Amen. Mm-hmm. Brush so, and floss. Yes. <laughs> make sure you do that. Quit chewing ice. Yeah. Wear yeah. mouth guards. That ice thing guards. is, man. Yeah. yeah. That, all. that threw me. Uh, man. So. Thank you for getting us to 100 subscribers, but we're not done. We're just getting this thing started. So please continue to rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your families. We, we, want, to, uh, we want to make this thing big. So we enjoy it. Email us, podcast at parkwaybc.net, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to GPS to God. Please leave us a rating on iTunes and also subscribe on YouTube and hit the bell if you'd like to receive notifications when new episodes air.